Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Tom Corley. He is a CPA, CFP, Certified Financial Planner, and CEO of the Rich Habits Institute, uh, where he studies the habits of rich and poor. He's also the author of four books. The one we're going to spend most time today is called Rich Habits, Poor Habits. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Tom. Oh, thanks for having me on, Jordan. I appreciate it. Just give us a little bit of your background and how you got into the uh, area of studying rich habits versus poor habits. Sure. So I'm a CPA by trade, and uh, I have probably about a thousand clients. Many of them are small businesses. And back in 2004, I had just taken over the helm of my company. And uh, one of the small business owners was an auto body repair shop, and he had inherited the business from his father, who had run it successfully. But he was uh, struggling, and he wanted to meet with me. And, and well, I found out that the reason was he. Uh, his bank had termed his line of credit. Terming a line of credit means they converted it to a term loan and shut down his line. So he didn't have enough money to make payroll for that Friday, and he was basically meeting with me, which was like in the early part of the week. He wanted me to secure him with one of my banking clients' uh, relationships a uh, line of credit, like immediately. And I said, that's never going to happen. These banking relationships, they take years sometimes to develop. And I said, uh, the banker, who I know very well, doesn't know you. So anyway, he broke down and he said, you know, if I don't get a line of credit, I'm not going to make payroll this Friday. And I have like 20 people that work for me. Many of them have mortgages, rent. They're not going to make their payments either. And so he started crying and he said, what am I doing wrong? What am I, what are your successful clients doing that I'm not doing what, you know, so basically wanted to know what are the things that rich people do and what are the things that I'm doing that are making me poor. And uh, I couldn't find any really good information other than The Millionaire Next Door, you know, that book on on um, yeah. upper net worth individuals So uh, by Dr. Thomas Stanley, good book, but it didn't give me the information that I needed, Jordan. So I started doing my own research and that led to what became my Rich Habits Study, which uh, is essentially uh, 20 groups of questions that total 144 questions that I asked to uh, 233 wealthy individuals and 128 poor individuals. And uh, after I was done analyzing the data, which took me about four years to gather, I realized most of the data that I had gathered represented habits, so, so little simple behavioral thinking, emotional things that we do on a day-to-day basis that separate uh, the rich people from the poor people, and um, and, and that's kind of what started me uh, on this path, and I've been at it ever since. Tell me about the Rich Habits Institute. So what services do you offer, and how can people take advantage of that? Really, all, all the Rich Habits Institute is is uh, my author business and my speaker business. I, I, I travel. I just came back from Australia from the Wealth Retreat. It was a big uh, event there, and I was the, the keynote speaker. So I, I do that every year. Uh, I've got, been to Vietnam on speaking engagements. I've been to Toronto a few times at the Titan Summit once, which is a pretty big uh, 
summit with, they had, I think, three billionaires in the room. So there's a lot of uh, events that I go to where these are people that are trying to, that are either wealthy or trying to become wealthy and are right there, but they just need that extra oomph. Uh, so um, I, that, that's really a big part of my business. And I write books, so I have four books right now. I have two books that are almost complete, and I have my blog every day. I, I put out a blog. It's for free. It, I basically post all my research articles on that blog, richhabits.net, and I uh, also respond to, I must get about 50 emails a week from readers, subscribers, uh, anybody who follows me, and I try and help guide them. And uh, You know, I'm not looking. Honestly, I don't get paid for that. I just, just my you know, my goal is to try and help people uh, get out of poverty or or break free from the middle class and achieve uh, really wealth, success in life as entrepreneurs. But, uh, you know, there's there's a number of paths to becoming wealthy, and I, I try and figure out which path is the right path for each person that, that is looking for, for help. So you've made a lot of research on uh, people who do well, who are rich. Um, one of the things that seems to be a common theme is that they save their money and they're very careful in spending it. What, what are some of the statistics you've seen on how they save and how frugal they are with their money? Yeah, so, so money was a, a big uh, topic I, I tried to cover in my research. I wanted to understand how rich people and poor people dealt with their money. One of the interesting things is a, a segment of, a big segment of, of the self-made millionaires in my study uh, were what I call saver investors. These were individuals who saved 20% or more of their income and then immediately invested it in whatever. Whatever it could have been, you know, uh, retirement plans could have been um, real estate, uh, small businesses, uh, side businesses. Uh, and they, but they, the important thing, Jordan, here is they, they automatically uh, saved their money and they automatically or consistently invested their money, and one individual, for example, didn't make a lot of money, maybe $100,000 a year, which is average middle-class income money, and, uh, but he saved 20% or, or more of his income, and he invested it in, in the stock market and, and equities, and um, he had over $3 million uh, by the time he was 70, which is a lot of money. And um, and all he invested was two hundred seventy-five thousand during all those years. But it, the point was, he consistently saved and invested. And through the power of compounding and appreciation, and being in the market for a long time, he um, accumulated quite a bit of wealth. And uh, that's you know what, one of the reasons he was in my study. So investing is part of it. The other part is being frugal. And even using coupons. What are some uh, statistics about that? You wouldn't think rich people would need to be using coupons. No, 84% of, of the self-made millionaires in my study said they were actually frugal with their money. And 37%, these are wealthy, still wealthy. When they're wealthy, they're still in this, involved in this habit of using coupons. Uh, one, one of the millionaires in my study went, even went to Goodwill stores. They bought all of their clothes through Goodwill stores, and they had them tailored. They, they felt that it, they got about $0.10 cents on the dollar on, the, on high-end clothing, and they spent a little bit of money to have them tailored. So they, they were like in the $4 million range. They were one of the saver investors. Uh, so, yeah, there's, 
And the interesting thing is on the flip side of that, only 4% of the poor people in my study, uh, they save 10% or more of their income. Now, why is that interesting? Well, it's interesting because 41% of the self-made millionaires in my study came from poverty. Uh, so, you know, one of the paths of breaking out of poverty is to become a, a saver investor. And uh, the, those 4% of the poor in my study who were doing just that, they, if I interviewed them in, in, you know, say 15 or 20 years, I guarantee you they would have a significant amount of wealth uh, because they decided they were going to break out of poverty through the saver investor path. So the other thing you talk about is spending and what you call want spending, um, which is, can get people into trouble. I guess poor people spend money they don't have because of their wants. What, what is the thinking that drives want spending? So envy is the negative emotion. The It's driven by negative thinking. It's, it's um, one of the things that drives want spending. Peer pressure, you know, we heard of the keep up with the Joneses mindset. Well, uh, that can be an influence, a major influence on want spending. You, you know, some, your network, your inner circle uh, of friends, they, they supersize uh, the, their houses and you say, oh, you know, I want, we have to buy a bigger house. Uh, so that drives you to do things you wouldn't otherwise do. Uh, and again, the rem- remedy for this is really gratitude. It's, it's a shift and of, from thinking negatively to thinking, hey, th- let's focus on what good things I have in my life. Uh, you know, the, the glass is half full thinking instead of the glass is half empty because when you think in terms of envy, what I, don't, what I want, what I don't have, uh, that causes you to make spending decisions that are really based on uh, emotions and, you know, envy is one of them. So how do, for example, athletes who, you know, have probably been poor and all of a sudden get a huge amount of money and buy homes and cars and yeah. all those kind of things. What is a better way to handle that when you're, you all, all of a sudden get a rush of money like that? Well, the solution, and, and as far as I can tell from my research, is really to automate the savings and investment process. So you take a, a chunk of, of your money. If you're one of those, like I, I saw that, uh, you know who Conor McGregor is? Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he was the box. He was the the M, I think it's MMA. He was the MMA guy that um, the champ, fought, yeah, right. I think it was May, Mayweather, right? In right. August of two thousand and eighteen, that was a great fight. But what was interesting is he got a guarantee of thirty million dollars, and he turned around almost immediately and he bought a seventeen million dollar yacht. And and the, the sad part of the story. In, in my mind, it's a sad part of the story, is he had to dip into his wealth, his existing, his old wealth, in order to pay the income tax on the $30 million because he had already spent a big chunk of that $30 million in want spending or supersizing your life, whatever you want to call it. But he, uh, he was an example of what not to do. And he's also got other issues. He buys... He's, got, he's addicted to high-end watches. He has something like $1.5 million in watches. He has all these crazy, expensive cars. So, uh, you know, he's supersizing his life, and he's doing want spending. And, and, you know, I don't – if we fast-forward, say, 25 years, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Conor McGregor is poor. Yeah. 
So it's a mentality, you're saying, because he hasn't had much, when he gets a lot of money, he spends it to look large and, and to feel better about himself. Yeah, and, and here's the reason why, Jordan. You see, when you're poor, you are raised by poor parents, and, and you don't... The, the sad thing is that poor people aren't taught the habits that can make them wealthy. That's why I wrote Rich Habits and Rich Habits, Poor Habits and all the other books. I wanted to help poor people get on an even playing field with uh, the rich people. And knowledge is the, the great equalizer, right? So I felt if they knew what these rich habits were, then if they did come into money, they wouldn't you know, see the money go out the door as quickly as, they, as it came in. They changed their habits uh, so that they, if they did come into money, they, they would have the good habits, the rich habits, to help them keep the wealth or keep as much of the wealth as they possibly can. But the problem with a lot of these poor people that become suddenly wealthy is they have all of these poor habits, and they take those poor habits with them. They carry them everywhere they go, like in a bag. And if they get a big payday, they don't know what to do with that money. The only thing they know about money is they never had it, so they're kind of comfortable not having money. So what do they do? They try and get rid of their money as fast as possible. Yeah, very good. All right, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Tom Corley. He's a CPA, a CFP, a certified financial planner, the CEO of the Rich Habits Institute. You can see more about him and his books at richhabits.net. We'll be back after this. You may not be the greatest at getting places early, especially when traveling and getting to the airport early enough to avoid the I might miss my flight anxiety. That's why I'm so excited about the newest sponsor of the Money Answer Show, Clear. Using Clear reduces your stress big time because you bypass those long security checks in lines. So you never have to run to your gate again. Clear helps you get through security with a tap of your fingers so you can get to your gate faster. Clear replaces the need for physical ID cards because the system recognizes your eyes and fingerprints to get you through security quickly. Create your online account before you go to the airport. Once you get there, a Clear ambassador helps you finish the process. Then you can immediately use Clear. Clear helps you get through security faster in more than 40 airports and stadiums around the country, with more being added every day. If you're traveling with your family, up to three family members can be added at a discounted rate, and kids under 18 are free when traveling with a Clear member. I remember vividly when I was taking a flight out of Las Vegas, and the line of security would have taken at least an hour to get through, but I breezed right to the gate using Clear. Another time when I was coming home from Orlando, I zoomed right past the hundreds of screaming kids with all their Disney costumes on to get to my flight in plenty of time. Clear is absolutely the best way to get through airport security. It works great with TSA PreCheck, too. Right now, listeners to The Money Answer Show can get their first two months of Clear for free. Go to clearme.com slash moneyanswers and use the code moneyanswers. That's C-L-E-A-R-M-E dot com slash moneyanswers and use code moneyanswers for your free two months of Clear.
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Tom Corley, CPA, Certified Financial Planner as well, CEO of the Rich Habits Institute. You can see more about him and his book at richhabits.net. Welcome back to the show, Tom. It's good to be back, Jordan. Thanks. So in one of your books, which is called Rich Habits, Poor Habits, you talk about the myths that people have about rich habits. The first one being the rich have good luck and the poor have bad luck. Why is that uh, such a prevalent myth? So a lot of people who aren't rich, uh, I, I found in my research, they rationalize away uh, the wealth of wealthy people by saying, well, they're just lucky. They're in the right place at the right time. And my response to them is always the same thing. You're right. They are lucky. Uh, but it's not the type of luck that they're thinking. They're thinking it's uh, random good luck, right? So I just got lucky um, just by standing around and, and luck visited them. That's not the type of luck that wealthy people experience. They experience something that I call opportunity good luck. So this is the type of luck that they create. They create the opportunity for good luck to occur in their lives, and they do it a number of ways. They do it by uh, forging certain habits that uh, sort of are investments in themselves or what I like to call growth habits. They are constantly reading to learn, uh, particularly in their craft, whatever their skill set is or their uh, career or their trade or business. They learn by reading, and they read about 88% of the wealthy in my study read 30 minutes or more every day, uh, specific topics that related to what they did to make money. Uh, So they became sort of experts or virtuosos in their business, and virtuosos get paid a premium for whatever product or service that they sell. So they, they created the opportunity for good luck to occur by having the you know, advanced knowledge or skills. Entrepreneurs also, another path to wealth, they create the opportunity for good luck to occur by pursuing a dream, something they are passionate about, and they stick to it. One of the interesting things I found is the persistent get lucky, and the entrepreneurs who stick it out are the ones who end up getting lucky. They do become beneficiaries of good luck, but it's only because they were persistent and never quit on their dream. And the other path to wealth is the 
senior executives at big companies, they stick it out in one big company forever. Most people don't. They move around from job to job, but these individuals will stick it out. They'll play that you know, stupid politics game, and they'll build relationships internally, and they'll do whatever they have to do to become uh, valuable in their organization, but they stick to it, and eventually they get lucky. It might be a big raise or a big promotion or whatever, but uh, yeah, they, they are lucky. It's not a myth. But the myth, the myth is that it's random good luck, which is, is yeah. the myth. They're putting themselves in a position to get, have good luck. The second myth is that rich people inherit most of their money. Is that not the fact? Yeah, it's, that's absolutely not true. And it's not just my study which uh, found that uh, 76% of the individuals who were wealthy uh, did it on their own. They came from um, poverty or the middle class. Uh, so, so I've seen in my financial planning research and also in my rich habits research, like Wealth X puts out a report every year, uh, it's always consistently somewhere between 77 and 82% of the wealthy were self-made. They came from poverty or the middle class. Uh, so that, that's a myth. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a small percentage of the wealthy actually inherit their wealth. Your third myth is that rich people don't work hard. People have a sense they're just sitting on the beach drinking uh, liquor all day. So what's the truth about rich people working? Yeah, well, according to it, I have on my research, uh, the wealthy worked uh, an average of 55 hours a week, which was about nine hours more than the poor people. And uh, the Census Bureau put out a, uh, well, the Census Bureau has data on this that I've studied, and on average, the wealthy people that they call it the top 5% work uh, about 11 hours more a week than non-rich people, which includes, you know, poor and middle-class people. So that's a myth. The the wealthy people get there because they're making significant sacrifices in terms of family and friends. And uh, those sacrifices are, you know, long-term. It's, a lot of people don't want to make those sacrifices, uh, but they do. And, um, you know, it's an exchange of, of time with family and friends for uh, pursuing some endeavor. Uh, yeah, so, so there's uh, no, no question. In my research and the Census Bureau data is pretty clear that the wealthy people uh, work a lot more hours. Okay, and your fourth myth is that rich people are smarter and better educated. People think if you get a lot of degrees and so on, you have a much better chance of being rich. Why is that not true? Yeah, so in my research, Jordan, I found that uh, somewhere close to 76% of the self-made millionaires were B and C students, uh, which I found very interesting because I always just assumed that wealthy people were wealthy because they were superior intellectually than everyone else. And what was interesting is I found that these wealthy people who were B and C students, uh, they kept pursuing things or habits. They forged habits which helped them become smarter. And what I found in my brain research anyway is that, your, you know, your IQ can increase or decrease during your lifetime. It can actually start out at 100 and it could go up to 125. Uh, they, you know, the, there are various factors that cause that, but one of the things is an increase in the number of synapses inside the brain. The synapses are neurons, brain cells that talk to one another. Well, these self-made millionaires who were B and C students had 
um, they were reading, they were, they were trying to learn every day, they were studying uh, certain things about their, their business or their trade, they were gaining knowledge um, as a matter of habit on a daily basis, and that was giving birth to new neurons, new synapses, and they were actually growing their IQ during the pursuit of whatever it was that they were pursuing, a, a dream or some small business or you know, being in a large corporate environment. Basically, you're saying anybody can do this, right? You're basically saying anybody can do this. And here's the, here's the, let let me put a capper on that. I actually am convinced from my research that the B and C students are tailor-made to be successful as entrepreneurs because uh, A students are, those who get A's usually are, have a high IQ to begin with. uh, And the A's, some of them work, but a lot of them are just naturally smart, and they are accustomed to getting A's. They get A's their whole lives as students. Well, in the real world, um, they're not giving out A's. They're actually, there are obstacles, there are pitfalls, and you have to be able to uh, withstand adversity. Now, if you're accustomed to getting A's, you're not accustomed to adversity. You're just used to getting what you expect. Well, the B and C students are accustomed to adversity. They're accustomed to getting grades that uh, they're not happy about, uh, and many of them try harder, and they work harder. And the interesting thing is they get accustomed to this adversity, and when they go into the real world where that's what it's all about, it's, a, it's about overcoming adversity, especially as an entrepreneur, uh, they don't blink. They say, well, you know what, I've been here before from my whole life. You know, because I'm a B and C student, I never really got it, got what I want. Uh, so I'm just going to keep going at it. I'm not going to quit. Uh, if you're an A student, you, you're used to getting what you want, and you face adversity. Uh, it, it stops you in your tracks. Not with the B and C students. Interesting. So now we're going to spend some time on the rich habits, and maybe you can contrast those habits to people who are poor who are not using those habits. The first one being, I will adopt good daily habits and follow those good daily habits every day. You have a whole long list of them, but what is the power of having good daily habits? So the, the interesting point about that uh, rich habit, number one, is that most people aren't even aware of the habits that they have, good or bad. So the idea is to become, make yourself aware of, of your habits by tracking your habits on, just for three days. That's all you need to do. And then put up, uh, you know they're a habit because then the very next day, tomorrow, uh, that uh, habit will repeat itself. That activity or that behavior will be on the same list. Uh, and so then you just accumulate a list of habits. You put a plus or minus next to it, plus for a good habit, rich habit, poor, uh, ne- uh, negative for a poor habit. Uh, and then um, so now you know I've got some of these rich habits, I've got some of these good habits, some of these bad habits. And then you want to adopt some of the rich habits like reading to learn every day. This is a growth habit, um, something I call... Um, virtuoso practice. This is uh, deliberate practice uh, and uh, analytical practice. So deliberate practice is practicing a skill or subsets of your skill. Um, like, for example, tennis. If you want to practice tennis, well, you can't just practice a serve. You've got to practice the serve, the backhand, the forehand, the volley, and so on. Well, it's the same thing in, in business. You can't just practice one thing if you're an entrepreneur in, in corporate America, you have to practice numerous things and become expert 
as expert as you can in them, and you do that through deliberate practice. Analytical practice, however, actually puts you in virtuoso status because uh, analytical practice requires a feedback loop. It's uh, you're, you usually have somebody who is watching what you do and evaluating and giving you feedback, like a coach. Uh, they tell you, hey, you know, this is the wrong way to do it or you can change it a little bit that's invaluable and that's really that what takes you from from good to great to um you know good at what you do to virtuoso status get that feedback yeah okay we're going to take another break uh this is jordan goodman of the money answer show my guest this hour is tom corley he's a cpa he's a certified financial planner he's the ceo of the rich habits institute you can find out more about him and his book at richhabits.net We'll be back after this. You may not be the greatest at getting places early, especially when traveling and getting to the airport early means to avoid the I might miss my flight anxiety. That's why I'm excited about the newest sponsor of the Money Answer Show, Clear. Using Clear reduces your stress big time because you bypass those long security check-in lines. So you never have to run to your gate again. Clear helps you get through security with a tap of your fingers so you can get to your gate faster. Clear replaces the need for physical ID cards because the system recognizes your eyes and fingerprints to get you through security quickly. Create your online account before you go to the airport. Once you get there, a Clear ambassador helps you finish the process. Then you can immediately use Clear. Clear helps you get through security faster in more than 40 airports and stadiums across the country, with more being added every day. If you're traveling with your family, up to three family members can be added at a discounted rate and kids under 18 are free when traveling with a clear member. I remember vividly when I was taking a flight out of Las Vegas, and the line at security would have taken at least an hour to get through, but I breezed right to the gate using clear. Another time when I was coming home from Orlando, I zoomed right past hundreds of screaming kids with all their Disney costumes on to get to my flight in plenty of time. Clear is the absolute best way to get through airport security. It works great with TSA PreCheck, too. Right now, listeners to The Money Answer Show can get their first two months of Clear for free. Go to clearme.com slash moneyanswers and use code moneyanswers. That's C-L-E-A-R-M-E dot com slash moneyanswers and use the code moneyanswers for your, first, for your free two months of Clear. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Tom Corley, CPA, Certified Financial Planner, CEO of the Rich Habits Institute. His website, richhabits.net, and we'll be speaking about his book called Rich Habits, Poor Habits. Welcome back to the show, Tom. 
Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for having me back. So we're going through the rich habits that make a difference. The next one you talk about is defining dreams and creating goals around each dream and focus on your dream goals every day. How does that make a difference? Well, so one of the uh, one of the aspects of pursuing wealth is well, one of the paths is uh, pursuing a dream, which is I like to think of the entrepreneurial path. So you, everyone has certain dreams, but you don't really know exactly what they are. So what I advise individuals to do to uh, unearth their dreams is to really come up with a script, a 500-word script of their future life, say, 10 years from now. What is your vision of your ideal future life? When you write out that script, embedded in there are all the the dreams that are going to make that uh, ideal life possible, and then you, you sort of bullet point each dream, and then you build goals around each of those dreams, the dreams are like rung on, a rung on a ladder. So every time you uh, realize a dream, you climb higher up your ladder of success, so to speak, right? And um, the, way, the, the, the construction team that makes those dreams possible are your goals. So you build these daily goal habits around each one of your dreams, and it might take three or four goal habits to accomplish one dream, but then uh, once you accomplish your, those goals, you realize the dream, and then you move on to the next dream. And you think poor people have dreams as well, but you're saying they often don't have the goals and the practical steps to get to those dreams. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think it's it's one thing to dream. It's another thing to take action on your dreams. And you know, one of the reasons why poor people are poor is they, um, they have a fear and a limiting belief that they... They are not adequate or that, you know, if you're born poor, you're going to stay poor. So they have this limiting belief that holds them back from pursuing their dreams. If they're lucky enough to be raised by parents who give them a sense of uh, unlimited opportunity or belief in themselves, then they break out of it. But most people who are raised in poor families, they're subject to the beliefs of their parents. And the parents often believe that they're stuck in poverty just and their kids will be stuck in poverty. And uh, that's where the, the general good luck comes in and they hope, you know, maybe luck will, will find them. But the real, the real way out is to pursue a dream. Uh, and that means you have to overcome your fears of, uh, you know, taking risk because dreams require risk. Your next habit is to devote your, at least 30 minutes each day to increasing your knowledge and improving your skills, investing in yourself every day. Why does that work? Well, this is one of the growth habits that I like to talk about. You, you know, the, when you invest in yourself, you're basically growing your knowledge base or your skill sets. And you can look at any of the uh, virtuosos, the people who are very wealthy who are virtuosos, and they all have one thing in common. They practice relentlessly every day. Well, reading to learn is kind of like a practice. It's a habit that you engage in, and uh, you focus on the things that, are related to what you do for a living or your dream, if you're pursuing a dream. So you want to read every day to learn. You could also listen to podcasts or, or radio shows like this to learn information. Uh, and you can listen to TEDx videos, speeches. There's a lot of ways you can learn. Uh, but the point is you have to make a habit of it. And if you make a habit of it, then you're going to grow. You're going to become the individual you need to be in order for success to visit you. You also say to at least exercise 30, t- 30 minutes a day and also eat healthy food. How does exercise and healthy food affect your ability to become rich? 
Well, this is an interesting one because um, I thought that that was odd. Isn't that interesting? I always thought rich people were uh, fat and smoked cigars and, and you know indulged in any uh, food that they wanted. And what I found was the exact opposite. And so why is exercise, particularly aerobic exercise, so important to building wealth? Well, uh, what I learned from my research on exercise especially with regard to the brain, is that uh, aerobic exercise actually uh, performs a couple of things or, or does a couple of things. It cleans the brain uh, by providing an abundance of oxygen to the brain cells. They act as sponges for the free radicals or the free-roaming electrons. They clean the brain cells inside the brain cells, and they uh, go into the blood and then are flushed out by, by the lungs. Uh, and oxygen also improves the... Ca- it's like a catalyst for glucose, which is the main fuel. Uh, so it improves the energy that's available for every brain cell. So it, you're actually improving the performance of your brain cells by engaging in aerobic exercise. And when you're pursuing a dream or you want to become a virtuoso, you need your brain cells operating at an optimal level. And ex- aerobic exercise makes that possible. Your next skill is to build strong relationships with other success-minded people. How does that help people become rich? Yeah, I like to call this the insider's club. So you want to really create a inner circle of individuals who are kind of pursuing success just like you want to pursue success. These insiders, some of them could be uh, successful people. Some of them could be success-minded people, people that are, uh, you know, trying to become successful. So they're, they have this optimistic, upbeat mindset, can-do attitude, and uh, they also themselves are building relationships with the, hopefully the right people. So these rich relationships, as I like to refer to them, or gold-plated relationships, they are door openers. They help open doors. So if you're you know, looking to do X, Y, and Z, wouldn't it be great if you ha- you knew somebody that could help uh, accelerate that process? You know, door openers make can, with, with the right contact, they can make uh, make you wealthy almost overnight. So, developing the relationships with the right people is very important to success. You also say to live every day in a state of moderation. What do you mean by that? Well, the excesses are what drives you into the poorhouse. The excess, we talked about the excess spending, but it's also other excesses like uh, gambling too much or uh, eating too much food. You know, why is being unhealthy and obese detrimental to becoming wealthy? Well, uh, as one of the individuals in my Rich Habits study told me, one of the wealthy individuals, Tom, I can't make money sitting in a hospital bed. I have to be healthy. So that's why I've been exercising every day for the last 30 years. And, and he understood that if he was healthy, the last years of his career were going to be his highest earning years. So you really want to um, you know, make sure that you're, you're healthy and that, you're, uh, you know, you ha- that gives you the, a step up in the ability uh, to really continue doing what you do f- for a long period of time. One of your next rich habits is engage in rich thinking every day. What do you mean by that? Well, there's a, a couple of studies out. The Broaden and Build study, uh, to, it was a, 2000, a 1998 and a 2001 study, and they found that optimistic individuals, individuals with a positive mental attitude, actually 
expanded or broadened their thinking. It allowed them to see opportunities that others miss. When you're operating from an, a positive mindset, it uh, shuts down your amygdala, which is the emotional center of the brain, which does, only does really damage uh, you know, in your life. And the, uh, it accelerates or increases, boosts the prefrontal cortex, which is your decision uh, command and control center. It's where all your executive decisions are made. It's your, where your logic resides. So when you're optimistic, you're actually making better decisions. You're seeing opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise see. And when you're negative, all you see are problems. You don't see solutions. You also say people should save 10% of their income and live off the other 90%. Uh, that's allowing people to invest to have their money grow for them. Is that the idea? Yeah, the idea is to get into the habit of saving and then immediately deploying the savings into some type of investment vehicle. The reason I say immediately is because uh, if you let the money sit in the savings account and you don't put it to work, uh, you, then, then you're not really growing your wealth. You're kind of keeping up with inflation. You want to put your money to work. Grow, that helps you grow your wealth, and then it becomes a, a habit. Save and then immediately invest. You also it eliminates you know the the human desire to you know engage in want spending because there's money sitting in the savings account. When you know that the money has been invested, and that in order for you to get to that money, you have to liquidate the investment, it creates a hurdle. So it stops you from doing what would probably be a poor habit. So yeah, it's, it's one of the rich habits for a good reason. And you want to do it on an automatic basis, too, because otherwise you'll always find something to spend it on if you don't make it automatic. Yeah, that's why I like this, the idea of fixing it as a percentage of your income. So if you're poor and you say, well, I can't, I can't save 10%, I can't even save 5%, well, save 1%. The, the point is make a habit out of saving a fixed amount of your income. And eventually that habit, habit will forward form and usually takes about six months uh, and then you can always increase from one percent to two percent from two percent to four percent during your lifetime and at least you'll be better off than you would otherwise be very good we're going to take a break this is jordan goodman of the money answer show my guest this hour is tom corley he's a cpa he's a certified financial planner he's the ceo of the rich habits institute which you can find out more about at richhabits.net we'll be back after this From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Tom Corley, is a CPA, Certified Financial Planner, CEO of the Rich Habits Institute. You can find out more at richhabits.net. And we're speaking about one of his books called Rich Habits, Poor Habits. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for having me back again. We're going through the different rich habits. We talked about eating and exercising well. You also say to control your words and emotions every day. Why is that important? Well, see, words... People create perceptions around the words that come out of your mouth. And if, you know, one of the things we talked about was building relationships with other rich relationships, other success-minded people, trying to create these gold-plated relationships, trying to meet the right people. Well, if you're, the words that are coming out of your mouth either make you sound uh, less intelligent than you want to sound or make you sound uh, like an unsuccessful person, then other successful people who have been working on their vocabulary, who have been working on the way that others perceive them, they want others to see them as successful, right? So your words are going to, if you don't practice uh, the words that you want to use, the words that come out of your mouth are going to be the words that you learn from your parents if you were raised in poverty or if you were raised in the middle class, they're going to be the same words. So you want to use words that give the perception or the impression that you're somebody, that you're going to be somebody, uh, and that you sound intelligent. So that's the whole purpose of that rich habit. You also say to seek out success mentors. So everybody who's successful is saying at some point had a mentor who helped them get there? Yeah, well, not all of them. Only 24%, uh, only 24% of the self-made millionaires in my study actually found a mentor in life. But here's the interesting thing. Um, 100% of those 24%ers attributed all of their wealth to their mentors. Now, mentors are the fast track to success. They shorten your path to success. Why is that? Because mentors teach you what to do and they also teach you what not to do. They uh, they tell you what habits you need to have or they show you what habits you need to have. They're uh, typically a, a success mentor is someone that you're in you know normal conversation with on a regular basis and they're feeding you information, valuable information that's helping guide you to become successful. So mentors really are important. In fact, the mentors in my study, uh, they became wealthy in a little over 12 years, uh, which is a lot shorter than the 32 years that was required of the in- saver investors. So mentors are truly the short shortcut to becoming wealthy. They, they, they smooth out the path. Very good. You also say the rich habits... Is you will not fear risk. You'll take risks that help you achieve your goals and realize your dreams. Yeah, and this is a hard one because uh, most people, as I found in my research, are risk averse. You know, they don't like to take risks. They have a fear of failure. They have a fear of, of either becoming poor or staying poor. Uh, you know, so they were never raised in homes where uh, there was 
sort of the sense of fearlessness and pursuing your dreams. So this is a tough, rich habit because you have to overcome some limiting beliefs, uh, some hard, uh, limited thinking, some habits of thinking, emotions that say, hey, you can't do this, you're not good enough, uh, you're going to fail, uh, you know, have all of this self-talk going on in your head. You have to overcome a lot of things to take risks, but the fact of the matter is uh, the, the, the richest individuals in my study were the entrepreneurs, the dreamers. They accumulated an average of $7.4 million in a little less than 12 years. Uh, so uh, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's a higher risk pursuit of wealth, but, uh, boy, it, uh, it pays off in the end if you stick to it and you never quit. One of the other books you wrote is called Rich Kids, How to Raise Our Children to Be Happy and Successful in Life. What are some of the ways that you should teach your kids these things so that they'll become successful? Well, I, see, I think this is where uh, teachers and parents and grandparents really can become uh, super success mentors to their kids. If, if uh, like in, in the, the Rich Kids book, I talk a lot uh, about the need to constantly become more of a, a sort of growth-minded, uh, you know, with the virtuoso skills, uh, the learning certain things like etiquette, just proper etiquette. I mean, the kids nowadays, most, most of the kids uh, are used to going to fast food rec- restaurants. They don't even know the basic etiquette of dining, a lot of them. Uh, so you want to learn that. You want to learn how to dress. So that the success mentors teach them all of these valuable life skills that when they enter the real world, you know, things like as simple as looking someone in the eye when you're talking to them uh, and not interrupting someone and not looking down at your cell phone uh, while you're having a conversation. So these are the things that uh, success mentors, parents, grandparents, and teachers can teach their kids. And, you know, not procrastinating, setting goals. We talk about all of that in rich kids, but, but at a kid level, you know, so the kids can understand it. Another of your rich habits is to create multiple streams of income. You're saying poor people typically have one stream of income. Why is that so successful for rich people? Well, just just happened to be one of the common uh, data points that I found in my study. The rich people, on average, uh, had three or more streams of income, uh, and um, some had four or more streams, and some had you know, five or more streams. Well, the, the funny thing was when, you, when I bifurcated all of that data, uh, the individuals that had m- the most streams of income were the wealthiest. Why is that important? Well, because if you're relying on one stream of income, typically your job, if something happens to the economy, even something outside your control, uh, like ha- what happened in 2008, 2009, a lot of people got laid off, and a lot of those people were... Um, all of a sudden, their income just shut off. They had no income stream. Well, if you're one of the self-made millionaires in my study, it, um, it does affect you, but it doesn't stop you. It doesn't stop you from doing uh, what you've been doing. It doesn't alter your standard of living. You can still do the things you want to do. So these other streams of income, they're like a, a knight on a white horse. They come to the rescue uh, until that one other stream that fell by the wayside, you can figure it out and fix it and make it right again. But they, they're important to have multiple streams of income because uh, they're your insurance policy against uh, becoming poor. 
You also say it's a rich habit to use the power of leverage to help you achieve your goals and realize your dreams. What do you mean by the power of leverage? Well, I'm not talking about just talking about leveraging your assets or, or debt, uh, which is part of it. Uh, it's leveraging everything you have. It's leveraging, uh, let's say, Jordan, you happen to be really good at socializing. Well, that's, that's uh, something you want to leverage. Maybe you can leverage that in, in the pursuit of some dream of yours. You can, maybe you're just an innate salesperson, so you want to leverage certain um, strengths that you have. You also want to leverage the relationships that you have. You know what? It's funny. How many times people say, boy, I, you know, I, I'm trying to do this or I'm trying to do that, and about six months later you find out that two people you know know somebody that could have helped you. Well, because, you, you know, you're not leveraging your relationships by asking for what you want of everybody, you're never going to get what you want. So you have to leverage your relationships. You have to leverage your assets. You have to leverage the money that you have. Uh, and, um, you know, all of these things, when taken together, help you to become more successful. In about two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of summarize the difference it can make in people's lives if they follow the rich habits as opposed to being in the poor habits? Well, so a lot of people, um, I, I want them to understand this. These, your life circumstances are the byproduct of all of the habits that you have today. So if you want to change your life circumstances, you've got to change your habits. You've got to, that's really the starting point. You have to change certain habits and, uh, you know, they're in my books, which habits will help you become successful. And you also have to evaluate which habits are holding you back. Uh, so that it's really the starting point of it all. And, uh, and you, you can't really do any – I will say this. I like pursuing dreams, the idea of pursuing dreams or becoming virtuosos, the pursuit of virtuosos, because they force you – to adopt or forge goals that you wouldn't otherwise forge. You learn what, what you need to do in order to succeed, so you adopt these daily goal habits. So I will say, for, for, for in that respect, pursuing a dream or trying to become a virtuoso is good because it forces, it kind of manifests in your life the goals that you need. So, um, yeah, you, it all starts with habits and, you know, I really believe that that's the foundation of success, poverty, and being in the, stuck in the middle class. Terrific. Well, we learned a lot this hour. My guest this hour has been Tom Corley. He's a CPA. He's a certified financial planner. He's the CEO of the Rich Habits Institute. Uh, he is the author of several books, one called Rich Habits, Poor Habits, Let the Daily Habits That Separate the Rich Learn the, the Daily Habits That Separate the Rich from the Poor. Thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show, Tom. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I really do, Jordan. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. And you can find out more at his website, richhabits.net. Goodbye, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answers Show next week. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.